What's up, guys? We are finally to our favorite offseason month. Uh, we're in May, so spring ball is coming up. Coach Walls has saved one of his best installs uh, for this May, and it's his pin and pull install. Uh, it's worked unbelievably for us while we were at Broken Arrow. Works really well for him over at Ankeny, uh, especially if you're a big-time gap scheme team. Uh, it really is a great way to get to the outside for your running backs. Uh, if you're an outside zone team, it's it's a great change-up for teams uh, that, that want to try to give you fits with your outside zone. Uh, gives you ways to pin and pull uh, different guys. So uh, it's it's a complete setup, all how to run it, how to coach your backs and your linemen and how to RPO off of it. So unbelievable install. You guys make sure and go check that out uh, on our website, runthepower.com. And don't forget, next month in June, at the end of June, we're having our very first RTP Hot Summit with uh, 18 offensive line coaches, college and high school offensive line coaches from across the country, and that'll be free to you guys. So um, make sure your calendars are set, you guys are ready to roll, and um, we're looking forward to it. You guys go check out all the things we're doing right now at runthepower.com. This episode of RTP is brought to you by GoRoute. GoRoute is offering a spring ball special exclusively for our RTP subscribers. Between now and April 15th, the first eight subscribers of Run the Power who purchase a GoRoute system will be eligible to receive a $700 discount off their package or receive two additional units added to their package at no cost. All right, a $700 value. To take advantage of GoRoute Spring Ball Special, go to GoRoute.com and request a, qu- request a quote using the promo code RUNPOWER19 in the comments section. Okay, so again, uh, go to GoRoute.com request a quote and in the comment section uh, enter the promo code runpower19 uh, you guys can learn more at goroute.com uh, email sales at goroute.com or give them a call at 866-777-1448 just mention us or runpower19 uh, to get your discount uh, of $700 steps of the podcast also brought to you by sideline power Sideline Power is the industry leader in coaching communication. Offering cutting-edge technology and innovation, Sideline Power helps coaches around the country elevate their programs to the next level with new-and-use headsets, end-zone cameras, drones, portable sound systems, timers, and much, much more. Sideline Power works one-on-one with some of the most influential coaches and nationally ranked programs in high school football. They continue to help coaches push the envelope of player and program development. Throughout their expansion of their product offering, Sideline Power has remained committed to offering quality coaching communication at price points for every program. They're family-owned and operated with a customer-first mentality. Sideline Power is truly the number one choice for coaching communication. Visit them at sidelinepower.com, at info at sidelinepower.com by email, or give them a call at 800-496-4290. This episode is also brought to you by uh, Guardian Caps. Both of our programs uh, at Broken Arrow and Ankeny invested in Guardian Caps this year, and we feel that they are really helping our guys out. Uh, they're soft shell helmet covers that reduce impact during practice and are used by over 100 colleges and 1,000 high schools. Texas, Clemson, Oklahoma are just a few of the colleges using them right now. Check out our show notes to see what Coach Lincoln Riley has to say about them at OU and to get some pricing. Uh, and they're actually a lot more affordable probably than you guys would even think. Uh, go check them out at guardiancaps.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with my good friend, Sevi Ramirez. Coach Ramirez is the O-line coach at South Houston High School in Houston, Texas. Listen as we talk with Coach Ramirez about his time at the University of Houston uh, with me, 
his coaching career in Texas, and his offensive line coaching philosophy. You can follow Coach Ramirez on Twitter at CoachRamirez93. Hope you guys enjoy. So how we always started is, is let you kind of um, give your football journey um, and, and kind of how it brought you to where you are and what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. These are probably going to be my, my best two answers. I was able to prepare for this answer, this question, and uh, the question you always ask at the end. Um, <laughs> All you need to do, man. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, no, just a little bit about myself. Uh, I grew up in, in Houston, Texas. Um, I guess to kind of get it out of the way, I'm a, I'm a Cougar through and through. I always have been. My, my family are, are Houston Cougars. Uh, so I was born here in Houston. I actually went to uh, the University of Houston Charter School all the way up until third grade. Um, and then my, my mom was a single parent. So uh, we moved out about an hour for a job for, for a job for her, about an hour outside of Houston uh, to Montgomery, Texas. Uh, had never played football uh, my entire life up until seventh grade when I got out there. It's kind of a one-horse town uh, type of place. Football was king. Um, I was always a basketball kid, uh, started putting on some weight, uh, when, when I got a little older, getting bigger. Um, and so they kind of recruited me to play football. Um, so I went out, gave it a try and kind of fell in love with it. Um, got to high school, you know, uh, the program was great. The head coach, uh, that, that was my head coach back then when I got there in seventh grade is still the head coach now. Hmm. Uh, so he, he's, uh, he's, he's done a great job with that program and, Back then, it was great. It's still great to this day. Um, so, you know, really had some great coaches in my life. Like I said, my mom was a single parent. So those coaches that I had in high school, you know, really um, kind of molded me into the guy I am today. Uh, and I really thank them for that a lot. So I, I knew that this is what I wanted to do based off of those guys uh, that coached me back then. And so the cool thing about uh, my high school at the time was my head coaches uh, – my head coaches, his wife was the, I guess, the culinary department lead of the school, and she taught a class called Ready, Set, Teach. Uh, and so what that was was like it was usually for girls that, you know, wanted to teach elementary school or like middle school. Uh, we were on block schedule, and the junior high was like on a full eight-period schedule. Hmm. So they would, go, they would go over first period uh, for us, and, and they, would, they would teach um, for two periods over there and then come back. Uh, for the rest of your of your day at the high school uh, so my head coach knew that I wanted to coach so you know he kind of brought up brought it up to me and he said you know I don't know if if it's ever been done before but get with my wife and, and, and see if you know you can possibly do it as far as coaching so I uh, ended up talking with her um, we got together with one of the junior high coaches and it worked out perfectly I would go over there in the morning uh, I wouldn't even go to the high school I would just drive straight over there uh, would would coach first year athletics for seventh graders. And then I teach a, I would help him teach a class kind of like co-teach uh, his second period math class. Um, and, and, you know, with that doing that, I kind of knew like, this is what I want to do. I, I really want to uh, go forward with, with coaching uh, in this profession. Um, and that kind of really uh, jump-started my whole career. Uh, so fast forward a little bit, graduate uh, high school in, in 2011. Uh, go to move back to Houston. You know, I knew I was going to go to U of H. My grandparents still live there. Uh, they had a 
a garage apartment that was vacant at the time. Um, so they graciously, graciously let me live there for free for, for, for four years. Um, and so my head coach knew I wanted to coach. And so he always told me, and I had always heard like, if you're not going to be able to play in college, which I wasn't, you know, you need to stay around the game. Don't go four years without, you know, being close to the game. So, you know, that, that I had heard about being an equipment manager. Um, so went up to the athletics alumni center, uh, did some investigating, kind of found out who Victor was. That's kind of one of our, uh, acquaintances as well, Rowdy. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. So I found him, uh, interviewed with him and, uh, you know, he kind of hired me as a, as a, as an equipment manager and I was able to stay close to the game. Um, you don't realize how much goes into a football game and a football practice at the collegiate level until you kind of get behind the scenes with stuff like that. Um, so I was there for four years. My first year there, I was just kind of trying to get my feet wet. I uh, worked a little bit with the offensive line during practice. Um, and then the next year I worked with receivers. Uh, and then my last two years there, I worked with quarterbacks. And I think that would probably be where uh, I learned most of my football. Um, my very last year there was Coach Herman's first year there, Coach Applewhite, all those guys. It was our first year there when we won the Peach Bowl. Uh, I was able to uh, get away from a little bit of equipment and move into, I guess, a little bit more of learning football. I was able to attend some uh, position meetings. They allowed me to attend some position meetings, some team meetings, um, offensive meetings, things like that. And really, really just, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be in the room talking at all. I would just sit in the back and just kind of soak up everything that I, that I could uh, about the game. And, um, uh, just learned a ton from those guys, from Coach Applewhite. He, you know, taught me a bunch, and he was always like an open book, you know, and so I owe a lot to him too. Hmm. Um, so the cool thing about that was on game days, uh, Applewhite called plays – he called plays from the box. So uh, when Greg would come off the field, Greg Ward, when he would come off the field, he would want to communicate with him somehow. So he, there was a headset that Greg would put on. He would talk back and forth. Well, when Greg was on the field, I got to wear that headset. Um, and it was just really cool dynamic to listen how a offensive coordinator, uh, you know, talks to a offensive line coach, how he talks to a receivers coach, how he talks to a running backs coach, and how they communicate with the head coach, and you know why we're going to go with this, and and all that, all that good stuff. So that was really where I got my my feet wet in in uh, you know the game of football and, and learned a lot of a lot of the stuff that I know now. Um, Fast forward a little bit. I'm kind of long-winded with this because I, I want to bring it all back to a point. Um, fast forward to December of 15, I graduate. I'm a December graduate. Um, now, mind you, there's not a lot of people uh, looking to hire uh, at December, um, right. especially coaches. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, you know, I put some feelers out there. I ended up knowing a guy. Uh, had a had a connection at, at a nearby high school close to U of H called uh, Stephen F. Austin High School in HISD. Um, I got an interview with him that had a couple openings. I got an interview with him and the head coach. Uh, it ended up working out uh, pretty well. And, you know, I was hired there in December um, with the uh, hope that I would get a PE job at the same school the following fall. Um, but for the time, he just hired me as a hourly employee. I was still getting paid as a teacher, but I just wasn't on, uh, on contract. Mm. So was there for six months. Um, 
you know, rolling with the kids. We're, we're, we go through spring football. We go through summer workouts. We go through seven-on-seven seven tournaments, all this stuff. Um, and it worked out perfectly because the offensive coordinator uh, was the offensive line guy. Um, so I was going to end up working with the quarterbacks because I was one of the positions that had opening. Uh, and apparently the incoming freshman that was going to play quarterback for us, you know, he was a stud. Um, he's not there anymore. He's going to be a senior next year at Fort Ben Marshall. Uh, but he has offers from like Alabama, A&M, Texas now. Um, so he was, he was the real deal and he was going to make me look good. Like I actually knew what I was doing, uh, as a quarterback's coach, um, <laughs> he was going to make my job really easy. Um, so like I said, we go through all the off season, uh, we're gearing up for the season and it's about June. Uh, and the principal comes and he grabs me and he says, Hey, you know, that PE position that we thought we were going to have for you, it's not going to be there anymore. Oh, um, no. Yeah. He's like, so, uh, I can do two, two things for you. And, and I owe a lot to him too, because he really looked out for me. He said, I can do two things for you. I can keep you here, uh, as a, hourly employee but I won't be able to pay you what I paid you last semester um I'm gonna it's only gonna be like 10 bucks an hour um and, and it's not gonna be near what you were making he's like or I can uh he's like my wife is a, a principal at a junior high not too far from here and they're looking for a head junior high football coach um so I was upset about it um if I was single at the time and, and I, I might have taken I might have stayed uh, but I had just proposed to my, my fiance at the time, my now wife, I uh, just bought my first car, you know, all the things you do after you graduate and get your first job. Right. Um, and so, and so I was kind of in a tough spot, but you know, I, I talked with, I, I kind of prayed on it and talked with, with my fiance at the time. And I decided to, to go ahead and take the position at the junior high, uh, was there for two years, uh, as the head football coach and, uh, coach basketball, coach tracks. Um, you learn a lot about yourself as a coach at a school that's not known for football, um, where you have four coaches for 80 kids, uh, and you got you have about a strict hour and a half, um, practice time per day. Um, so it was a, a great learning experience. The kids were great. Uh, you, 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 uh, get creative and, and ways to be efficient with your time and, and all that type of stuff. Um, so that was those those two years I was there was was really great, uh, but I knew that I wanted to get back to the high school level, and I also wanted to get back a little closer to home. I was driving about an hour and fifteen minutes uh, both ways, Ugh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, every day. So uh, start putting some start putting some feelers out there, uh, applying for jobs. Uh, about um, mid January, you know, a bunch of stuff comes open. Um, and I had went ahead and got my special ed certification because I knew it was going to be super hard to get a PE job at the high school level. And I figured that out, learned that, learned that along the way. Um, so get my special ed certification, start putting some feelers out there, get a few phone calls with some coaches. And, you know, it, it just month goes by. And it was kind of one of those deals where they wanted a special ed with a core subject. And, you know, just a couple of different things weren't going my way. So it's about mid-April and I, I start telling myself, you know, maybe, you know, I'm not ready yet. You know, that's okay. You know, I'm, I'm going to stay here for one more year. I'll learn some more and, and maybe next year will be my time. So uh, a job opens up in my district that I'm in now currently. And uh, I apply for it. 
Um, and uh, I get an interview. The guy calls me back uh, within about an hour. He says, you know, uh, I'd love to interview you. I knew somebody on your, on your reference list. Uh, we'd love to get you in for an interview. So go in for an interview. It's, it's close to my house. You know, super excited about it. Uh, going for an interview. Interview goes great with him, the OC. Uh, both of those go great. We go to meet the principal. Uh, interview with the principal goes great. He asked me at the end of the interview, you know, would you uh, accept a job if I offered it to you right now? And I said, yes, of course. You know, uh, I'm ex I'd be super excited for that. And he says, okay, you know, we got to interview one more guy. He's like, but I think we're going to go ahead and offer you a job. So a couple of days go by. Uh, he calls me back and he says, you know, Sebi, uh, I'm sorry to tell you, we're not going to be able to offer you a job. My principal wanted somebody with uh, a little bit more experience in the special ed uh, area. Oh, no. So I, so I say, I say uh, you know, I understand completely. You know, I appreciate you calling me back. Um, and so I kind of, even then more, I say to myself, you know, now I know that I'm supposed to be here for another year. I kind of go ahead and start accepting that, uh, that, that fact right there. Well, one more job in the same, in the, the, the job that I have now opens up uh, and I apply for it. And uh, the connection there was my head coach. His name is Patrick Longstreet. He was a uh, coordinator for Tim Takel, who was a, at the time, a high school relations guy at U of H. Yeah, so I had some U of H. I had some U of H guys in my reference, so they he contacted him, asked about me, and then he calls me, and then you know I get an interview with him. That goes great. I get an inter you know I talk with the OC. That goes great, and so lo and behold, you know I end up get offering the job at, at South Houston High School. That's where I'm at now. Uh, I've been here for a year. Um, just a really awesome place to work, and and I know I bring it all in to say that I know this is where I'm supposed to be because the very next day after. I got the South Houston job. The head coach from the previous school called me back and he offered me the job. The guy uh, who they went with ended up falling through and uh, I had to tell him, you know, I, I appreciate you calling, but I've already accepted another one. So I'm long winded, but, but like I said, I tie it all back into like, I'm a big believer in, 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 no, in um, this is where I'm supposed to be and everything happens for a reason. You know what I mean? Man, that is awesome, and and yes. I would assume that would be, and, and I know you're, I know you, so I know you're a a good guy and a, a better guy than me. But um, I know if that happened to me, it would be a, a little, I don't, know, it would make me feel happy to be able to tell that guy, no, uh, actually, I already got a job somewhere else. I I know you're <laughs> not like that, but I'm just telling you, if, I, if I was in that situation, I'd have a, a little special place in my heart being able to tell the guy no. Uh, I've been offered somewhere else. I'm sure, uh, man, just to have that would have to be exciting too, because like you said, uh, you, you'd have to have a little bit of doubt. It's like, ah, I, I, I thought I was ready, but maybe I'm not. And, and I thought I did well in this interview, but obviously not well enough. You know, I know he said this, right, but you right. know, it, all that stuff starts, I would assume kind of going through your mind and, and questioning yourself. No, hundred percent, man. And, and I just, like I said, I think God, God has a plan at the end of the day and, he knew that this job was going to come open at this time and that that job wasn't the right job for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, that's, that's an awesome story. I love hearing that and I love getting to reconnect with you and, and hearing, you know, kind of where you went after Houston. Uh, I kind of, so I'm kind of curious cause we've talked to a few guys that they kind of got their start, like you said, with equipment uh, just to be around right. football. And then uh, you hear so many, and I don't want you to have to name names obviously, but yeah, I hear so many guys that, that either 
like you like you said with Coach Applewhite, they've got a good experience. They start letting them in the meetings and, and, and uh, you know, being more around football. And then you also hear some guys that say they've had some coaches where they won't let them be around anything. You know, we had a guy on here that uh, they wouldn't let him be in meetings. They wouldn't let him do anything and, and just yeah. depend on the coach. Did, did you ever run into some of that as well while you were at Houston? Um, and um, and is, is that a difficult thing to try to get past? I think it just kind of depends on, on your timing. You know, maybe some of those guys, uh, as soon as they get there, you know, those guys have been in the profession for so long and, and have been around so many different people that, it, you know, it wasn't like when Applewhite got there, he, that was the first question I asked him, you know what I mean? I had to really show him, like, this is what I want, this is what I do, you know, and, and kind of just uh, let my work do the talking for me. And, you know, I always had his drills ready to go as soon as, you know, he was out there. He never had to ask me for anything. You know, uh, everything was on time. Everything was where it was supposed to be. That's a big deal for those guys. You know what I mean? Because they they want to hit the ball rolling. You know what I mean? And you know, college coaches aren't setting up their own drills. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's exactly right. They they yeah. they want to they, they they want to waste no time. You know, they want the drills to be ready to go when this period hits because you know they're rolling. So uh, I think if you show a guy that, and I haven't had any bad experience with 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 anybody asking anybody, you know, for help or just to sit in on that type of stuff. Like I said, all those guys were an open book. Um, but I also didn't ask every coach out there, you know, I think you kind of mm. put some feelers out there and you see, you know, which coach can you get away with asking, you know, stuff like that about, and you kind of knew which ones to stay away from, so to speak, I guess. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that would have to have been a, a great place to learn some unbelievable work ethic because, um, uh, you guys are in there, we're in there all the time. I mean, there's so many things that, that you can't even imagine that, that, uh, that you can, but the most uh, football players, uh, even football coaches at big high schools like mine, that you can't even imagine how much little things go into just an everyday practice, like you said. Like you guys are, were in there all day, then you're waiting, you know, then you're in there, um, you know, before practice. And then you're out, you know, setting it all up during practice, before and during. And then uh, those equipment managers, they got to go break it down and then get everything uh, finished up from the practice, you know. And, and all the football coach, all the you know football players are going home, and and the coaches are already up, uh, you know, watching film and, and back to their their own life. And you guys have been there, or the equipment managers and and guys have been there for you know, sixteen hours. No, it was definitely a grind, man. Like a, a regular week probably looked, you know, you show up, practice at, is at four, you show up at, at two, uh, go straight to the field, set it up, you know, practice ends at, at six, 6.30, tear it down, you're done tearing down about seven. Um, and then you got laundry, if it's your laundry day, you got laundry till about 11, you know what I mean? You probably have laundry once a week. Um, so you're spending, you know, most of your evening there, uh, wake up and do it the next day. Obviously, we didn't have weights or anything like that, like you guys did, but you know, like you said, there was some hours definitely put in. Then game day, you know, we usually showed up uh, six hours before the game, mm -hmm. um, meet at the complex. And then there was a couple of years there where we were playing at BBVA or, or, or NRG. So uh, we have to get over there and then, you know, tearing all that down after the game, setting up locker rooms, uh, you know, game, game laundry. So there was definitely some hours put in. Um, but all the coaches that we worked for, you know, always did a great job of, of making us feel appreciated and making us feel a part of a part of the program. And 
And, uh, you know, we always took pride in, in what we did over there. Yeah, man, I got, I got a ton of respect for the guys that, you know, grind their way up and, and, and really don't let, you know, some people you know, discourage them. And I think, you know, it says a lot, too, about the, the coaches that, that do help them because, you know, early on in, in your coaching career, it, it can be kind of a tenuous time, you know. Some guys can maybe, you know, be discouraging or be, you know, the opposite of, of helping. So it's cool that you got to have guys like that. I know for me, when I was a young coach in, in Colorado, um, guys like Sean Watson and then even the head coach, Gary Barnett, just, just them, you know, talking to you, giving you some words of encouragement and then letting you in meetings. You know, it wasn't a huge thing that, that they were doing. They were just kind of doing, you know, what most people should do, you know, the, the nice thing right. and, and taking care of somebody. But, you know, not going out of their way to, to have to, to do a lot of different things. For me, it was like, hey, they, they hand me a script at practice, and they said, if you got any questions, go ahead and ask, and you can go to any meetings you want. And, you know, you could just be the fly on the wall, and you get to learn so much football. But then at the same time, it's like you have that confidence. It's not someone telling you, like, hey, you know, you didn't play. You know, beat it, beat it kid, you know. I mean, I, right, thought, exactly. I, th I think it's, it's just so cool when you – you hear those stories about guys that are that are just willing to literally just open the door and it's not like I need a lot from you just just let me sit there and absorb some football yeah like I said I never never was put any input in, in the game plan or, or or any of that stuff just he just says you're sure pull up a chair and, and sit in the back of the room and you know kind of don't bother us type of thing and you can listen and, and soak up as much ball as you want to Man, talk about some good coaches to soak ball up from. I mean, they've done oh, some uh, they've done some unbelievable yeah. things since then, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Those guys were, you know, the buy-in that they got from from those guys, those players, you know, just to see their transformation from from year to year. Uh, from I think it was your senior year was was Coach Levine's last year there. Mm -hmm. uh, from that year to the following year, um, it was just amazing, you know, and what they're doing at Texas and. You know, unfortunate for Coach Applewhite at, at Houston. I would have loved to see him, uh, you know, continue that thing going on. And you know, I wish him the best. Um, but I was going to say, but talk about. But, I mean, the the resume that you you had even talked about your resume, but um, I can't I can't imagine you know all the big names that you'd be able to put on your resume. You know what I mean? I yeah. Mean, so that would just that, that would just funny. dwarf most people's resumes. So it's funny because. Uh, on my on my res on my resume, one of my references is, is Coach Applewhite, and I have a cell phone number on there. And so when I meet my head coach and I talk now, like um, he says, you know, when I was when I looked at your resume, you know, I, I saw Coach Applewhite's cell phone number on there, and he was like, I'm not calling that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So so he wasn't just going to call him out of the blue. So he kind of luckily, you know, he knew Coach Tegel, and, and that's how. I got on over there, so it, it all worked out. Well, what what made you uh, what what made you want to get into uh, coaching offensive line? What what was the uh, the passion behind that, or or what was what made you kind of? Uh, I know, you, like you had said, you had started with quarterbacks, but that that you had right. really wanted to be on line. I know that that's what you're coaching now is offensive line. Right. Yeah. So uh, I played offensive line in high school. That's what I played. Uh, I was. I was a lot heavier than I am now, uh, a lot of weight since then, but I think that's usually how it goes. The, the, yeah, the linemen exactly lose right. the weight and, and, and the skill guys gain the weight. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I played offensive line in high school, and just I just feel like if you know the game uh, from the offensive line level, you know, it's easy to, to – not, not easy, but it's easier to learn 
you know, all, all the passing game and whatnot. Um, and that's what I love those guys, man. You know, they're so selfless and, and um, you know, a guy that is not going to get a touchdown, a guy that's not going to get any yards, um, but still plays his, his ass off every down. Um, those are the guys I want to be around. And, and so when, when this opportunity came, came open as offensive line, you know, I jumped on it. Um, our offensive coordinator, is, his name is, uh, is Andrew Huebner. Uh, he's an offensive line guy. Um, so it's great to just pick his brain every single day about uh, offensive line work and, and, and drills and, and why, why we should do this and how we should do this and, and things like that. He's a great guy to learn from, and, and, and he's going to be a head coach real soon. I, I know it. Um, but he's just a, a, I'm a sponge around him too. So it's great to work for an offensive line guy. Uh, I'm passionate about it. Like I said, I love, I love being around those guys every day. No, dude, you're preaching to the choir. My first, my first year I get to go, um, and the, and the head coach interviews me, which is my head coach now, but he's like, you're, you're really gonna, it's going to be tough to be an offensive line coach here. Uh, and it ended up being completely <laughs> opposite of what he said, but you know, he's a, he was a state champion offensive line coach and played in the NFL for 10 years on the offensive line. And then our offense coordinator, which is Coach Walls. Coach Walls, you know, was a was a coach uh, as a GA, but was an offensive line coach um, at Tulsa and a state champion yeah. coach, and and knew the offensive line. You know, one of the best in the state. And so, and he's the coordinator. And so, me as the offensive line coach, uh, again, normally like like Coach Alexander had told me, it's going to be tough to be the offensive line coach here. But really, like you said, if you go, if you can go into it with a humble manner, man, there's so much that you can learn. And like you said, yeah. if you ever have a question, you don't have to worry about clinicking or getting on Twitter right. and asking someone. You just go into work that day and ask the question. Just ask the OC. Just ask the OC. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those those seem like to be the guys that it's, it's all, you know, it's none of the guru knowledge, you know. Sometimes you go talk to, you know, the QB coach or the receivers coach and it's all, you know, the, the flashy route and they can't ever stop this and they can't ever cover it. And then you go talk to the old line coach. He's like, yeah, he expects me to protect for five seconds. So that, that thing's open, you know? So I just think you know, it's, it's always like the, the general basic and logical football knowledge. You're almost always going to get that from, from an offensive line coach, you know, the, the no nonsense of it, like, Hey, okay, that's great. How are you going to protect it? You know? Okay. Right. He's, he's, he's calling, you know, sometimes you'd be like, you know, he's calling run plays the wrong way. And you'd be like, well, what do you mean? Well, we're running into their numbers. There's no way we can reach these guys. You know, linebackers, right. our, ang our angles are really bad. So all of a sudden you, you start learning about like angles, like, oh yeah, that does make sense. So then when you want to be a play caller, you're like, okay, I'm keep us out of bad calls, negative plays, you know, and everyone in the stands thinks it's the kid's fault. Well, sometimes it's a, it's a horrible play call because we can't block it, you know? So, I mean, sure. I think the, the knowledge you can get from those guys is, is usually that, that genuine basic knowledge rather than some of the, the flashiness. Yeah. When, when he calls plays, it's definitely, you know, a run, run first and thinking about, you know, the type of offensive alignment we have and how, how are we going to block it and, and can we get away with, with blocking it and, and protecting it. Um, I guess me, me and Rowdy are kind of speaking the same language, though. When, when, the, when those guys mess up, though, I mean, it's those offensive linemen mess up. I, you know, I get, I get the eye. I get the glare. For sure. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. You're always questioning yourself. You're like, oh, did he think that looked good? And then, it, oh, did that sound stupid when I say it, said it? Yeah, man. It, I, I, still, 
I've been around Coach A now for four years. This will be my fifth, and I still, uh, I, I still do that all the time. Absolutely. And uh, but um, so so in Houston, I didn't get to uh, really pay attention enough to high school football. While I was there, but um, I know like in Las Vegas, I had a buddy that he could teach it anywhere in Las Vegas school district and then could coach basically anywhere else in Vegas school districts. How's it working? Right. Do you have to actually work at that school or do you just have to work in HISD um, and then you can go coach wherever else in HISD? So we're in, we're in Pasadena ISD. Uh, so I think that I have heard of some, some coaches, you know, coaching at the elementary school, whether it be a PE job. Like I got a buddy who coaches offensive line at Texas city. Uh, high school, and I believe he's a PE coach at the elementary school. Hmm. Uh, he drives over to, to after school every day. We're blessed that all of our coaches on staff um, actually teach at our school uh, wow. some subject, whether that be, you know, we've got about three or four coaches that are in special ed, like me. Uh, we got about our both of our coordinators are, are in PE, um, and then we got about two or three guys that teach, you know, core subjects, and then we have a couple guys that teach electives. Um, so we're blessed having all of our coaches, you know, at at school that way as soon as the bell rings and, and and after school we start practice we can get going you know we don't really have to wait on any coaches to get there um so it's really a, a nice thing to have and that can be brutal in houston even if they're five miles away it might take them an hour yeah if, if they weren't if they weren't in the uh if they weren't at the same uh, at the same building uh and then yeah. uh, so so I would assume it just it makes me almost nervous just thinking about it. But your first year you're out, uh, they offer you a job, and, and the first job is the junior high head coach. I mean, talk about right. uh, I would be a nervous wreck right now if, if they were talking to me and were like, hey, we need you to go be the junior high head coach. I'd be like, Jesus. I mean, <laughs> what, yeah, no. what, what was that like? And I, w I would have to assume you learned, I mean, just a ton of, uh, maybe not necessarily X's and O's, but just about programs and, and how to manage kids, uh, you know, if you're the junior high head coach. No, absolutely. Um, I was not as nervous because I knew the, the principal's, like I said, I knew, I knew the principal's husband. Um, so I was a little more comfortable there. I got to know her really well. She was, she was a great uh, on the administration side of things. Um, but like you said, really learned a lot about how to uh, be efficient with your time and practice and drills and, and things like that and, and how to just keep guys motivated. Like I said, we, they weren't known for football and, and, and some of the kids had never, ever played football before. Um, so keeping those kids motivated and coming every day to practice and things like that. Um, and then you learn, like you said, you learn a lot with the paperwork side of things. Um, you know, kids have to have physicals and, and grades and, and, and grading periods and when they're eligible, when they're ineligible, um, and, and dealing with parents. So definitely learned a lot about um, that side of the, of the aspect. And, and I kind of see it now with our head coaches, with our head coach and what he deals with on a daily basis. Um, you know, he doesn't really get to coach much football you know what I mean because he's always putting out a fire here putting out a fire there right um and things like that so definitely learned a ton man and and, and I, I'm grateful for my time there and I'll always hold on to it and, and, and take the things that I learned there you know in my future jobs I bet too I mean you know having a, a special ed background and also working you know with, with some middle school or junior junior high age kids 
you know, you learn a lot of ways to have to simplify your teaching or differentiate your teaching. You know, you're going to have learners that are kind of all over the board and, and you have to kind of be able to modify, Hey, you know, one kid's going to learn this way. Another kid might learn another way. And, and that's to me, super invaluable experience. You see a lot of, of older coaches who, you know, it's kind of the, the my way or the highway mantra. And, and a lot of those kids kind of get left behind or don't develop as fast because they don't learn as quickly. Right. No, I think that ties into like coaching. So, so, so much like not every kid is going to learn the same way or the way that you think it is, or the way that you think they should learn. And, you know, some, somebody, some kid may learn, you know, from you showing them uh, yourself or another kid may learn from seeing themselves on tape or, you know, talking and walking through it or, or what have you. Um, so I definitely think pulling from all, all backgrounds that I have, um, help, help me coach the kids that I have because they're, they're all different. You know what I mean? Every kid is different. Absolutely. I, I could agree more. I mean, seriously, you know, for, for us to, to roll with a, a cookie cutter approach, I mean, you know, it might, it might work for most of them, but there's always going to going to be a few. And I think, you know, the, the really good coaches, you know, your job is to, to coach and develop everybody, whether it's your, your five starters up front or it's, you know, the, the last third or fourth string kid that we do have, you know, that kid might be, best friends with your your all-american left tackle so i think you know it's, exactly. it's it's such a huge deal that when you know they they see that equality and they see everyone getting coached hard and they see you you know modifying and figuring out ways to reach those kids it just blows up your credibility as a coach yeah exactly and i think you never know you know what a kid may have a growth spurt you know over the summer or, or throughout a year and and that you know, guy who was a, a, a third or fourth string left tackle, you know, could, could be that All-American like you were talking about. Yes, that's the coolest, in my opinion, as an offensive line guy uh, in high school, that's the coolest part about offensive line in high school is you never know which kid's going to end up playing as a junior or senior because uh, right. at offensive line, it's just – I mean, I think at Broken Arrow this year, we had like uh, three, two or three of our five starters that didn't start uh, on the eighth grade team. You know, they were, they were B or C team kids because they hadn't grown into their bodies yet. And, and with linemen, uh, a lot of those guys are, that are really big and good are late bloomers because they were small their whole life. So they had to, or smaller, so they had to get really good at technique. They had to work hard. And then now, okay, they hit a growth spurt, like you said, junior year. Now they still have all the work ethic. They're still tough. They've learned all the great technique, but now they got the size to come along with it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I agree 100%. Well, Coach, uh, so I think probably what some people don't realize as, as much as, as we both do uh, in, in Houston is just how hot it is uh, in the summers and in the first part of fall. Is that important when you're working with your offensive linemen to, to get those guys in shape and, and uh, acclimated to that, that heat? Because uh, I know at least in college we got to play teams, uh, you know, from California – and so we bring the teams in in California, they all die. Where uh, in high school, you know, you're playing a bunch of other teams that, that are used to the same heat that your guys are. Right, yeah. So I, we have, a, I have another offensive line coach that I work with, and he does a great job of the kids, you know, I guess they hate them every day at the end of the practice, but they get a little extra, extra running in uh, with him every day um, to just kind of be conditioned on a daily basis. Um, and, they get, and it helped, you know, it showed, you know, it showed up, you know, fourth, fourth quarter down the stretch for us. Uh, but definitely the heat here 
um, I guess you kind of get used to it for a while. Um, but we struggled with it this year because there was a rule um, in Pasadena ISD only. Uh, it was a district rule, not a state rule. It was a district rule where uh, there was a, I think they called it the wet bulb. And it was like if the temperature was at a certain point and the humidity was at a certain point and that combined together got to a certain point, uh, we couldn't be outside. <laughs> no, that's going to so be every about, day just about. <laughs> so there was, I'm, I'm not I'm not kidding, right? When I say there was about two weeks there where we were in the gym, we call it our indoor, indoor, indoor facility, that we were in the gym uh, about three days a week. Oh, I believe and it. It was just a, yeah, it was just a struggle. Luckily, we have two gyms, so we could split up, and there was nothing else going on. We could split up offense one gym, uh, defense the other gym. But it was definitely uh, tough. And, and, you know, we would text with some other coaches from, you know, different districts that maybe we were playing that week, and we'd be like, were you, were you guys inside this week? And they'd be like, no, we were outside all, all, the whole time. Um, so it's it's tough, and, and – and, you know, you just got to do your best. We have some great trainers, and, and, and you know, they do a great job of trying to keep our guys hydrated and, and things like that. But it's definitely – it definitely plays a factor, especially when we get those guys early August. You know, when you first get that helmet on, you first yeah. put those pads on, those – you can just see those guys towards the end of practice just dragging because they're, you know, just heat exhaustion, I guess, to, so to speak. Well, yeah, because uh, well, that would be a, a big, you know, kind of hamstring you if you're playing anyone out of your district. Uh, if it's only a district rule, you know, and and you guys are inside, exactly. and, and uh, you know, someone from another district, they're outside, and you're you're going to play them, and and you don't, you know, they're exactly. getting outside would be that'd be tough. And and like you said, if it's if it has something to do with humidity and heat, that you guys are lucky <laughs> you ever got to practice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, man. There would, there would be some days where we get a few a little bit of cloud coverage here and there. Um, but for the most part, most of the football season, um, I mean, we're, we're, we're playing in some pretty good heat. And that's what that, I feel like people don't realize is like, it, even in Oklahoma, like my whole life, I thought it was pretty humid. And it is, it's humid, but it's just completely different. I mean, I used to have, we have to, used to have to work out at 6am uh, at Houston. And that was sometimes worse than, you know, 2pm because the humidity yeah. is so unbelievable. You can't even use your iPhone. I just remember being at I just remember being at practice at U of A sometimes and, and, and watching like especially during team towards the end of practice, just watching the offensive line just just be just drenched. Like you guys were just drenched in sweat. Like, oh, and the and the real sweat. sweaty guys and their shoes were just like uh the, the, the shoes that would make the squishy oh. noise. The squishy noise was it was it was hilarious. <laughs> that's oh, the, hilarious. that's the fat guy thing. Um and for yeah. you know, some of the fat guys sweat more than you know. Cooper and and um, Kevin Forrest both sweated oh, so Those much, guys. and they're just their shoes. You see it bubbling out on the outside of the shoe. It's so yeah, nasty. exactly. <laughs> Good oh Lord. man, Walls. I'm telling you, man, it was brutal, and and I felt bad for those guys because I could only imagine how much heavier their cleats probably were by the end. I, yeah, that was. I didn't know any guy. I mean, like sweating. I know I I worked two camps in Houston because I used to do, you know, some of the camp tour with, with Dub and them. And, and they put me, we, we were at Bel Air uh, high school. So it was a, it was a turf, okay. you, know, na, you know, natural grass field and it hadn't been cut and it looked like in a month. So it was like, oh, you know, <laughs> nine inch grass. And then, you know, we had a monsoon rain roll through one day and, and it was like, one I'm just like, Oh my God, man, I'm, I'm ready to get out of here. So then they're like, 
All right. Yeah. Yeah. Walls, we're going to send you uh, on the tour. Your next one's going to be in Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> Lafayette, Louisiana, two days. And, and that was a freaking uh, um, field turf field. So heat of the day, you're out there with that field turf and that even hotter rubber. And it's like, it's like 145 on that field. Oh, and yeah, and I no may way. or may not have been hung over a couple of those days. Uh, <laughs> hey, that was the worst thing, life, man. That was the worst thing Houston did. My junior or senior year, they put a turf practice field that was the worst. So hot. Yeah, yeah, and that's where everybody wanted to be because they had just got it. They wanted to be on the turf. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, all the coaches did. We were all like, "Get yeah. us on the grass." Um, yeah. But, um. So uh, the cool part to me, though, is, is being in, in every University of Houston coach that ever comes through says the same thing, but, um, and it would be cool and it would it'd be unfortunate at the same time, but there's so many athletes in Houston or, or that, that area, you know, like you, uh, you, just so many crazy athletes. So the, the cool part and the unfortunate part probably both for you is that I'm sure every week you're seeing – three, four, five-star, you know, guys every single week because of, of just the amount of, of uh, talent in that area. So um, I'm, I'm sure that plays a, a big factor in it for your offense and, and scheme and how you guys are going to block things depending on, you know, am I going against the next uh, four or five-star defensive end, linebacker, or, or safety? No, absolutely. Um, we, so our our district is we have five Pasadena schools in our in our district and that we're all together and then we are paired up with uh, four humble schools. So uh, it's us five Pasadena schools and those four humble schools. Um, and we we have some great athletes at our at our school. Um, our, we have a, a a pretty heavy senior class and and some guys that did uh, some really really good stuff for, for South Houston in their career there. And we just signed two of them uh, last week. Um, to one to Kilgore College and one to uh, Northwestern Oklahoma State. Um, so those two guys got to sign. That was a real, a real good deal for those guys and really big for the community and the high school. Um, but like you said, we we see a lot of great athletes from week to week. Whether uh, it's a Tascasita out there in Humble having guys um, that, like you said, are six three and can run a run a four six um and are playing defensive end. Um, <laughs> That's right. and it's really it's really hard to, to to call outside zone and 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 uh ask ask our tackle to try and go reach that guy. Um or uh and then we we will run into some to some bigger guys like a you know a, a big you know six two guy that weighs two eighty and he's hard to move. Um so we see it all. Um and, and we had a great we had a great season for uh, for uh, we broke the scoring record uh, at, for the school this year, and, and we set we set a bunch of records. And like I said, we had some seniors that really uh, there was about nine guys that were on varsity for three three year Letterman. So those guys really really uh, paved the way for for our season this year. And um, you know we, there was we felt like there was two games that that we left out there for sure. Um, but definitely at the end of the year, looking back, we feel like we did some good stuff. Uh, and are excited about the future going forward uh, with the junior class we have returning. Coach, what are some things you're doing then, you know, after some of that success, what are some things you're doing in the off season now to kind of, you know, push the envelope for you maybe in your, in your coaching journey and your coaching growth, and then some things that maybe are, are trickling down to, to your guys up front. Absolutely. So, um, you know, 
our our, uh, our head coach is, I mean I'm sorry our offensive coordinator is is really big on on clinicking with with whether that be going to a clinic or or uh, going to visit another high school we just got back from uh, the valley down south by the border we went to go visit Sherryland High School and, and Mission Mission Veterans High School they they kind of have some of the same kids that we have and they do some of the things that same things that we do. Uh, just they're a little bit more successful than we were. So we wanted to get down there and kind of see, you know, what are you guys doing to, to, uh, to make you so successful at some of the things that, that you're doing. So that was real good for us as a staff. We were blessed to be able to go as an offensive staff together uh, to, to those schools uh, for two days and uh, learn a lot from those guys. And then, you know, we've been to about two clinics um, so far. Uh, I think a couple guys are, are, are going to a clinic this weekend. Um, so we try and obviously Texas has a, a pretty big uh, convention every year at the THSCA. Um, that one's always good. And then we always like to try and go to like a Glacier or a, or a DFW. Um, so those, those are the type of things that we're doing as far as coaching, trying to, trying to, you know, perfect our craft uh, in coaching. And I think with the kids, it's just, we have these guys, this is their first off season we've had with them. And, and, you know, I'm not sure what the types of things they did in the past, um, but these guys are, are, are working their tails off and, and we can see improvements um, through their tests and their numbers and, and flexibility and, and just, uh, just want to, you know what I mean? They have the want to, to, to get better. And I think it's definitely going to help us, like I said, come next season. Do you have to, I know there's most of the college or the, uh, sorry, the Texas high schools that I've, that I've heard of guys are coaching, you know, have to coach two separate sports. Do you, do you have to coach an off season sport as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't have to, uh, but a lot of guys, a lot of guys like to one, you know, just to kind of, uh, stay with their guys. I, I coach, I coach baseball. So we're baseball. in baseball season oh, right nice. now. Yeah. Yeah. I coach baseball, uh, for right now uh, our coordinators don't have a second sport usually they don't it's kind of like uh their stipend's a little bit higher that way they can sure. You know, make sure pre- preparing for the off season they you know they've got a lot more on their plates um so i i coach baseball and i got a few football guys in there uh the good thing that i i have is i still get to be in the in the football period every day you know i don't oh, uh, wow. there's a baseball period there's a baseball period but our baseball coaches I coach the sophomores, uh, the sophomore team for the base for baseball. So our baseball coach is really uh, great about letting me stay in there with the football guys, uh, so I can coach them, you know, through off season and whatnot. And then I just go uh, with baseball after school. That's awesome. That'd be ideal, man. I know uh, one of my good good buddies down there. He he coached in the in the Katy era. He was down at at Cinco Ranch, and. Uh, he he kind of got me in and plugged in. I, I was going to maybe get a job down in Fort Bend. And uh, he was telling me, you probably have to coach a second sport. And I'm like, yeah, well, what are you coaching? He's like, I'm coaching JV girls soccer. And he, yeah. and he was 6'6", 340, you mean just offensive line <laughs> of the bone. And I'm like, I go, yeah. I bet you have the best JV girls soccer team that there is. He's like, we're awfully tough. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's definitely um... – uh, you know, I, I never played. I never played baseball too much. Um, played some t-ball. Played some some little league ball. Uh, never coached high school baseball before this year. Coached some little league teams and some select teams. But you know, our our baseball coach is super knowledgeable about the game and he does the things the right way. So he's another great guy to learn from. And uh, you know, like I said, I'm 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 thankful that he lets me stay in the athletic period so I can coach my guys up. 
Do you guys, uh, I know when we were at Houston, like we'd get to go and, and uh, we went to the Texans and watched them practice a few times. And, and um, you know, I always thought that was good. And we, we'd have some, a few high schools come out and, and watch us, some coaches, sometimes with their players. Do you guys ever get to take your guys around to uh, any of the colleges uh, close to them to, to watch a college practice? Uh, is that something you guys are able to do? So this past year we took, uh, I think, a total of about six guys. Um, a couple of our older guys and then uh, a couple of our 2019 guys and then a couple of our 2020 guys to two U of H games. Um, They do it the right way at U of H. You just, I mean, the tickets are free. Um, If you're a high school kid, you just kind of get online and sign up, um, you know, put in what high school you go to and and what year you're graduating and all that type of stuff. And they have some tickets for you and you can bring, you know, up to two guests. Um, So we took about two guys up there. Uh, and I still knew a couple guys uh, that worked there in, in the recruiting parts. So we were able to kind of show them the locker room and, and things like that. Um, just so those guys can kind of get on the field and kind of see, you know, you know what it takes uh, to play at that level. You know what I mean? A lot, of, a lot of these kids, you know, they say, I want to go play here, go play there. But they don't know what, 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 what it takes on a daily basis, yes. you know, what it goes into being a, a collegiate athlete. Yeah, they've got no idea. And I always thought that was one of the coolest things we got to do at Houston was go see these pro teams for that same reason. Okay, this is how right. a pro practice is supposed to – this is what practice is supposed to look like. This is how they go about their business. And, unfortunately, where we are uh, in, in Oklahoma, there's just – I mean, it's just impossible to get anywhere. I mean, within two hours, you're not going to be able to go watch a college practice. And just, you know, it makes it really tough to get – uh, any of our, you know, we got so many kids to get those guys two and a half hours, two hours down to Stillwater and Norman makes it, um, you know, almost, I guess we could go to Tulsa, but uh, we, you know, we haven't been able to, we haven't taken those guys out there. So um, I've always thought that was a really cool deal. And, and uh, just for the kids to be able to see what a, what a real practice, what a college practice looks like. Yeah. Our head coach is, is really good about, you know, trying to do the, the the best thing with what we have. And, you know, our budget isn't huge at South Houston. And, um, you know, so we, we really try and give the kids a feel of, of a big time pro- program, you know, with, with doing what we have with what we got. And so he was real adamant about trying to get some guys up there and um, seeing, seeing how those guys uh, work on a daily basis and seeing how they prepare for, for a game and things like that. So, so those guys can kind of say, you know, we have, we have one guy who, who come, who's coming back, a 2019 guy. He's probably going to – he should be a D1 guy. He's about 6'4". Um, so it's kind of good to take him uh, to kind of see, you know, what goes into a, to a, to a game at the collegiate level. What, what type of area is that in Houston that, that your kids are coming from to your high school? Because I know, um, I know just across, uh, uh, across 45 is where I used to live over by Hobby, and, and it was a, a little bit tougher of an area over there by Hobby. Is, is, it, um, is it similar? Uh, the kids that you're yeah, pulling so, from uh, across from 45? Yeah, so it's probably about the same right there, Rowdy. Um, there's a lot of uh, apartments uh, where, 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 we, where our school is located. Um, so, you know, we're going to get, you know, the inner city kids, uh, that have a, that have a tougher, tougher background coming up. Um, and honestly, you know, that's all I've really worked with is inner city kids. And, and, and that's kind of what I'm passionate about and, and kind of seeing those kids, you know, be successful and, and, and being successful through sports, um, and not necessarily going on and 
being a professional athlete, but just taking all the lessons that you learn through sports, whether it be football, baseball, basketball, uh, whatever track, you know, whatever it may be, and just kind of being successful uh, with, with, with whatever they want to do. Because a lot of these kids, you know, if they graduate high school and they go to college and get a degree, you know, they might be one of the only people, only person in, in their family to do so. So, um, you know, we, we really pride ourselves on, on trying to get these kids to learn uh, some great lessons. You know, we're, we're doing a, a, we have a little series right now where every other, every other day uh, a coach talks about a word and, you know, on how it, it applies to life. And, you know, I think that these guys are starting to understand that it's not just all about football, you know, it, it's more about how can we prepare you to be a, a good young man, you know, a good, a good uh, citizen, a good wife. I mean, a good husband to your wife, you know, a good dad one day, you know, things like that. I think that's so important too. And I mean, and, and you know, you guys taking them, taking them to those games and, and showing them too, it kind of, you know, I, I know I've done that in the past where, you know, a, a kid's maybe a little bit unrealistic about what level he's at and, and maybe he's not listening to me, you know, it's like, okay, coach walls has been there and he, he understands what it takes. So I remember taking a couple of kids to, to Nebraska for a day and, you know, got them down on the field for spring ball. And, and they ran into to Matt Slauson was actually there. You know, he just, he just retired from the NFL. Oh, 10 years, you know, 6'5", 6'6", 330 Absolutely. pounds at Nebraska. You know, huge beard, the face paint. And they're like, you know, hey, what's going on, you know, to these two kids. And the two kids are like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to play at Nebraska, Coach. <laughs> I, know. I, don't think, I don't think you could handle this guy, you know. So, but at yeah. the same time, you know, letting them see that and then, you know, tell them, but hey, guess what? You, you guys are going to play college football someplace else, you know, and, and that's going to open up those doors that you're talking about, you know, being the first person in your family to go off and get that done or, you know, getting part of your school paid for. So now you have a head start on people who have taken out all this money with loans, not to mention the, the number of, of best friends you're going to meet and the guys that are going to be in your wedding, you know, and, and the connections you're going to have later on, maybe down the road, if you do get into business and coaching. So I think you know, whatever you can do to, to open that door and, and using football as that vehicle, by all means, man, I think it's, it's exactly what we do. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, uh, you know, we, we, there was a couple guys where, you know, they kind of had to learn the hard way this year. They, they, they kind of slacked off their, either whether it was their freshman or, or sophomore year. And, you know, there was some coaches that came around for them uh, this past year. And, uh, you know, they wanted, they would look some D2 schools in, in Arkansas and, and those coaches wanted them to go there, uh, but they didn't have the grades for it. So that guy's going to go and he's going to play somewhere. You know, hopefully he gets to go and maybe play at a junior college and then transfer. Uh, he's definitely got the talent, uh, but it's definitely an eye-opening experience for some of our younger guys. Like, hey, this is not, you know, it's not just all about football. You got to take care of your grades too. So you can go and, and accept that, you know, scholarship money to, to get a free education. Well, and then, and, and kind of the, the last thing I, I kind of want to talk about with you, but um, I think another thing that, that you'd be able to really impart on these, on these kids is, is uh, just how to be such a, to be like you had talked about, just being a good person. Um, I feel like, uh, you know, I've, I was around so many teammates that, and I'm sure you got to see it more than, than I even did, but like, you could really tell how, how good of a person someone was, in my opinion, by like how they treated Vic, you know what I mean? Like a guy that, Absolutely. that wasn't necessarily, you know, 
he was an awesome dude. He could get you a bunch of stuff, but um, you know, some of the prima donna kids, you know, could probably get whatever they wanted, no matter what. Uh, but you could really tell, you know, what a, a truly a person was about with how they how they treated guys like Vic, that you know, in the equipment room and stuff. And so I'm sure you got to see that firsthand, and and I think it's just some crucial, um, you know, just information for kids to have uh, going through life on how to just be a decent person. No, absolutely. I mean, there was definitely some some guys at Houston that, you know, would would, would be, think they were entitled to certain things, and mm-hmm. there's always those those type of people, or and, and and you know, like you said, weren't weren't the greatest of, of of people, and kind of treated you the wrong way, and were kind of selfish here and there. But you know, we we tell our guys that all the time, like you never know, you know, who who you're gonna need one day. You never know who's gonna be in a position to give you a job one day, or. Or, or what have you, you know, you got to treat everybody the same and, and, you know, not saying you have to like everybody or be best friends with everybody, but like you said, you have to be a, just a decent person and, 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 and be respectful, be yeah. respectful you know, to everyone you meet. Yeah. I think it's just, it's just, and that's one of the things I always try to get, get around to my guys because, um, you know, like you had said, it's, it's not all about football in the, and then, and the majority of our kids aren't going to go play football, but they're all going to have to be people. And uh, it, it just is – it makes life so much better when you can, you know, learn to just be a be a good person to people uh, no matter what, right? And it doesn't matter if they're your head coach or if they're, you know, one of the one of the people's helping with in the training room, you know, just to be a, a good person to all these people, say thank you and, and uh, stuff that, I, I, you know, some of that stuff is some of the most important, in my opinion, that you can really teach these kids. Absolutely, man. Well, I, I know you. I know you were ready for two questions, so uh, I'm excited for this last one, as you know, and you've already talked about. But um, what I always ask, which is, you know, you're watching another offensive line. What's something they'd be doing that make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, like I said earlier, uh, you know, these guys are, are already selfless to begin with, and so obviously, you know, something that would make me think highly of their coach is, you know, obviously the the obvious ones, you know, aggressive, you know, nasty play communication, things like that. Um, but most of all, just I think when you see a genuine enthusiasm or, or joy for, for the game when, when the guys around them, you know, do well, you know, that, that tells me that their coach has mm-hmm. kind of put the time in. Mm-hmm. He's kind of put the effort in to, let, to love on these guys and let you know, hey, you are important. You know, you, you do matter, you know, and, and you are, you're, you're kind of what makes this team tick and what, what kind of makes this team go. You know, when you see those big guys, you know, generally, you know, enthusiastic about a touchdown or have joy about a big play that they're not making, you know what I mean? But they maybe helped create the hole or, or protect the quarterback so he can throw the touchdown or what have you. When, when those guys have, uh, you know, joy for that, that really gets me fired up. And, and that tells me that their coach, like I said, has has put the time in with them and and and, and you know, made them understand, you know, offensive line in a whole, and, and those those guys kind of just get it. Coach, man, I, lo- I love the answer. Uh, I've, I've loved the hour and listening to your story. I think, you know, it's it's powerful stuff. The passion that you have for, for helping kids and, and for coaching is is something that, you know, it always gives gives me hope for the future of the game to, to know that there's, there's going to be young coaches out there like yourself and, and Coach Harper, Harper that kind of get it. 
And uh, it's good to, to hear you guys reminisce about some of the things. It's been a blast for me to be along for the ride here for this hour, man. I wish you nothing but the best. Absolutely, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Like this was a, when, when coach Harper asked me to, to be on, I was, I was honored. Um, and, and I really appreciate what you guys do. Um, before we go, I, I, I wanted to highlight some, some stuff that you guys, you know, I got to talk with coach James Flynn from St. X university about some special team stuff. And, you know, yeah. you guys got the summit, the summit coming up. Um, and I think, you know, what you guys are doing is awesome. And, and I hope you guys continue to do it. And, and I know you guys are going to be doing great things in the future. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.